Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the USA Today Network, welcome to The Chop, a Rutgers football podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Ross, Chris Eisman, and Steve Edelson. That's right, it's time for The Chop, a Rutgers football podcast, episode six for the spring, and the long, very cold spring is just about over because we have almost real football coming to us Friday with the Scarlet White game, the Rutgers Spring game after weeks of practice, we'll finally get to see the future Rutgers stars of tomorrow in the immediate and maybe a little bit further down the road take the field Friday night in front of fans, coaches and fans will get to see their Scarlet Knights playing a simulated game. Uh, We'll get an idea of what the team this coming year might look like and beyond that as well, but certainly an exciting time for Rutgers players, coaches and fans as football action comes back to the Garden State. Friday night. Ryan Ross here with Chris Eisman. Of course, the spring game, the big topic of conversation for this episode. We're going to get into that. We'll talk a little bit about the quarterbacks and linebackers and and such in this episode. But Chris, as we sit here Wednesday morning, about two days away from football, as close to real football as possible, this simulated game for Rutgers. uh, What are we looking forward to for Friday night? Well, first of all, the weather. And I feel like I start every podcast this spring talking about it because for the most part Rutgers has had bad weather all spring and it's been cold it's been rainy um so finally there, there was one good day where it was 80 degrees and everyone you know it was, it was beautiful out and everyone was thrilled and it went right back to being cold and rainy again almost immediately so the weather on Friday night is supposed to be great 70 and sunny during the day um you know it'd be a little bit chillier at night obviously but should be a great night um for football and for fans, and I think, you know, I'm interested to see how many, you know, fans uh, come out to the game. I think that there's a lot of excitement to see what this team looks like. So especially if it's a beautiful night, it's a Friday night. Um, so I'm interested to see that. But listen, I mean, I think that everyone has to realize, too, that in a spring game, there's a variety of factors that will influence who plays for how much how much they play. Um, so you can't take away too much from this. I mean, this team could look, you know, very different once training camp starts and once the season starts. Um, you know, obviously there's always a possibility after spring that players go into the portal and, and transfer out of the program, that there's a possibility that players transfer into the program. So, you know, that things could be different once training camp rolls around. But, you know, we're going to get an idea of what the coaching staff is, is thinking in certain positions, um, you know, who's kind of in, in the mix for certain roles. You know, we'll be able to take away and, and glean some information off of this, but just – you know, I think fans always have to be, and I think most fans know this. I'm not telling anything that they, they don't already know, but, you know, just be cautious and 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 understand kind of what this spring game is all about. It's, it's essentially a, a glorified practice, an open practice, an opportunity for, uh, you know, Rutgers to play in a game-like situation. So, you know, the, the thing that obviously everyone will be watching is the quarterbacks. I mean, that's been the, the talk of the spring, and it's going to be the talk almost certainly into training camp. Um, is this quarterback competition with uh, Noah Vedral, you know, obviously the returning to your starter, the veteran. 
um, he's back. And then the two young guys, Gavin Wimsat and Evan Simon, you know, are vying to take that job away. Um, it's been an up and down spring for those guys. And, and Greg Shiano has mentioned that at times, but they, they have gotten better. They, they showed improvement in the second scrimmage, which is what you want to see if you're a football coach and, and see the guys are kind of taking that step and, you know, making that improvement. Um, so that's going to be the really, you know, the big thing on, on Friday night is how, how those guys play. And Greg Schiano has made it clear, too, that if anyone is going to take the job away from Noah Vedral, they're going to have to earn it. He's not just going to give somebody the job, whether it's Gavin Wimsat, whether it's Evan Simon. They're going to have to take the job away. And so this is an opportunity for them to really play um, in, in, in kind of the, the closest thing that we'll see to a game to see what they can do and, and kind of make an impression and, and make their mark and show what they can do going into, the, into training camp and into the summer. So that's something that obviously I'm going to be watching for. Um, and then the offensive line and, and what do these guys, you know, how is quarterback going to be protected? Obviously we've talked so much about the O line, um, you know, the four transfers that came in to kind of help bolster that depth in addition to the young um, offensive linemen, you know, that they signed in the class of 2022, but these transfers have a real opportunity to help bridge the gap until those young guys are ready. And it's going to be very interesting to see who plays what roles, kind of how they're used and, um, you know, I, I think that there's still going to be more tinkering, tinkering and mixing and matching once camp starts. But, you know, those two things I'm, I'm really interested to see. Um, and then, too, I mean, you can just I mean, there's so much I, you know, I could go on all day. I mean, talking about what I'm going to be looking for and then, you know, Tosh Harris and Sean Ryan and how those guys are in the offense and, you know, how, how Kyle Manungai running back performs. Obviously, Aaron Young's out for the spring, so we won't see him. And then on defense, you know what the D line looks like and and. Um, you know, it's it's there's in the linebackers, too. And we'll get into that more later in the show. But I mean, there's so much. And, and I spoke about it, you know, so many times that we this is really the first time since since Shiano has been back that we don't that, there, that there's a lot of question marks at, at different, multiple positions because they had so much turnover. So, yeah, there's a lot to look for. I think that this is, you know, the, a really, really intriguing spring game uh, for fans to see kind of who, who's in the mix. And, and again, under the under the understanding that uh, things could change still. So. Keep that in mind. You nailed it, Chris. I mean, with with fans going to this game, obviously, approach it with an open mind. You know, see what you have. See some of the young guys that might play, uh, you know, a year or two from now. See some of the guys that maybe you recognize from last season who are stepping up in the larger roles or continuing their role uh, as this season approaches. See what they're able to do. But approach it all with an open mind and, and, and see what you got and, and, and see what you can look forward to. And also, this is the first time that fans will see Gavin Wimsat in person at home. So, you know, he, he said the other day that he had chills thinking about it. Um, you know, it, it's that's it's, it's kind of amazing. He played all four of his games on the road last season. So this is the first time he'll be playing at SHI Stadium in front of the home crowd. So I think that'll be exciting for fans, too. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, for for fans going to the game and, you know, they want to see they want to see those players. And I know, Chris, uh, you know, the football nerds like us were excited to see the offensive line, the linebackers and special teams and, you know, all the position battles. But for the fans going to the game, they want the fireworks. They want to see the skill position guys. They want to see the quarterbacks, the running backs, the receivers do their thing. And I think that starts with a guy like Gavin Wimsat. This was a big recruit that came in, a, a young quarterback to this program. Fans were very excited to have him come to the Scarlet Knights. So it was a big get for Greg Schiano and his return to Rutgers. And that's what fans are looking forward to, seeing the young quarterback uh, take the field Friday in front of Rutgers fans for the first time uh, to get a glimpse of what either this season or beyond might look like with Gavin Wimsat. And he's looking forward to it, too. Here's what the Rutgers quarterback had to say. Um, it just gives me chills thinking about Friday. Uh, I can't wait to play in front of the Rutgers. It's a great fan base. Uh, so I just can't wait. 
Yeah, there you go. So, I mean, to to be able to to practice this glorified practice, as you said, Chris, in front of fans, of course, it'll be kind of a game simulated type situation. Uh, but to complete that pass and have people cheer for the first time uh, for Gavin Wimsat after weeks of, you know, kind of these internal practices, uh, obviously no fans there to, to watch, to have fans excited to see him to see him play and to see him succeed uh, because so much of the, you know, the hopes of this program kind of rest on this young man's shoulders. Uh, it certainly seems like he's up for the task and he's, he's looking forward to Friday. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be really intriguing to see kind of the steps that he's taken since the Gator bowl, obviously it hasn't been that long, but so I don't, I'm not expecting any major jumps, but you know, certainly kind of see what improvement he's made. And and again, we spoke about in the last show, you know, he's going to be going to his high school graduation in a few weeks back in Kentucky. He's still young. You know, there's going to be mistakes that that's going to happen. So, um, you know, I think everybody has to keep that in mind, too. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, he, he's a guy that, you know, is going to be in the spotlight. And 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 to a degree, Evan Simon, too. I mean, we'll see what he can do. And, and he's he's right in that mix. And, and Greg Shiano always mentions him when he, he talks about Gavin Wimsat because those guys are, are right there. They're battling it out uh, with Vegel, as I said earlier. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, because of the situation and because of the way that, you know, Gavin joined the program and, you know, his his. Uh, you know, his skill set and, and kind of the uh, fanfare that he came with. Obviously, yes, he'll, he'll, he's the guy who's going to be right, you know, in the heart of the spotlight on Friday night. And, and that's going to be um, really interesting to see how he does. And, and if he can, like I said earlier, you know, make an impression and, and kind of, you know, give himself an edge in this competition. It'll be fun to see. I mean, when you have these quarterback battles in camp and then you do have the spring game, it almost becomes like a game of horse when you see these guys out on the field where, you know, Noah might make a throw and the crowd cheers and then Wimsack goes out and makes a throw and one-ups him and Simon comes in and contributes. Uh, you know, it's it's this competition and it really only benefits the Rutgers program to have these guys competing, uh, to, to go at it in practice, to push each other to get better, to try to gel with the offense. It's entertaining for fans, but it's a benefit of course for the program to have three viable starters going at it in practice and and yes they're competing they're going against each other but uh in this clip from gavin wimsat they're also learning quite a bit from each other as well um evan and noah and the whole room has just been great uh evan's evan's been a, a great great person uh teaching me a lot uh noah's been like a mentor uh they've uh the whole room's just great been great just teaching me how to be a college college quarterback and that's something we've talked a lot about with uh, with Noah Vedral. He's, he's seen it all. He's been through these Big Ten battles uh, to kind of be that mentor for a guy like Gavin Wimsat, even as they are competing for the same job. Uh, certainly something that you like to hear for the most important position on the field. Yeah, I mean, listen, um, Noah Vedral, as I've said before, has handled this situation about as well as anyone could possibly expect him to. Um, you know, it's, it's not easy when you're, you're, I'm sure it's not easy. I've never obviously been in that spot, but I can imagine <laughs> it's easy that when you're the quarterback and the starting quarterback, and then you have a young guy coming in, whoever, who, you know, everyone's going to be watching and, and excited for. Um, but he's handled it great. And, and he, you know, he wants to be a coach. Noah um, has said many times when he's done playing and he's going to be a great one, I think, in my opinion, he, he, he has handled this beautifully. Um, just, you know, the way, they, way he talks about Gavin and Evan, um, with the way he talks about this competition, he's, he's been more than willing to help them grow and learn and, and develop. Um, you know, he's, he's really been a, a great mentor for them. And, you know, I, th I think that it, that was really a, an advantageous situation for Rutgers, maybe more so than I think people realize when Gavin transferred into the program, just how, how willing Noah has been to help and, and kind of, you know, see their growth and, and their development 
um, because he says every time he kind of watches them kind of make a, a step or learn something and then execute it, he said it's like, you know, it takes him back to when he was young. So, you know, I, I think you know, he's been he's been great for this role. So, you know, he deserves a lot of credit. Yeah. And it's that's you know, it's not a guarantee that that's this, the way the situation like that goes. I mean, you don't have to look very hard, uh, you know, through college or the pros to find examples of, you know, a similar situation where a you know, starter has someone behind them competing to take their job and it turns toxic pretty quick. So it, it's certainly no guarantee that that relationship works out, but it certainly seems like it's something that's been working out for the Scarlet Knights. And you have to give credit to really all three of the quarterbacks in the room for, for being able to learn from each other and yes, still compete and still push each other for the same one job that will be given out this fall. But uh, to, to hear that they're working together to, to just create a better quarterback position, no matter who that might be, uh, that's certainly encouraging for the coaching staff and for fans to be able to hear. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, that, that's the best thing if you're, if you're, whether you're Greg Schiano, whether you're a member of the coaching staff, I mean, that's what you want to hear, that there's camaraderie in that room. And as you said earlier, that they're pushing each other and learning. You know, they have to take steps. I mean, right. They have to get better. And plus, you know, it's almost, it's almost somewhere unfair to almost judge Noah Vedrill for the way he's played the last couple of years. And I know fans are, are going to do that. That's, that's perfectly fine and acceptable. That's what fans are for. But I mean, you know, he has not had the offensive line that he needs to be successful consistently. I mean, so that it's, I, I'm very interested to see what he can do behind if this off offensive line is better, is improved and these transfers do help. You know, depending on how much they play and, and what roles they're in, combined with the you know guys who are already in the program, you know, how much can that help Noah Vedrill play better, and, and will that make a big impact? And listen, I mean, I'm you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Noah Vedrill starting as Boston College. I mean, th th there's no there's no way I'd be surprised about that. I think that this is the competition will keep going, and and nothing's being determined right now. Um, but yeah, absolutely, the fact that they're learning learning from each other and 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 trying to get better and push each other is a big deal. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's kind of the challenge for the coaching staff, and that's something that I think fans also have to keep in mind. You evaluate the player in the now. And of course, you know, Noah Vedrill's put plenty on tape out there. Uh, his, his you know, success we've seen, his shortcomings we've seen. It, there's plenty out there that, that the fans and coaching staff have seen again about him. But you need to judge the player in the current situation and the current team that that player is on. And that goes for all positions, not just the quarterback position. You have to judge the player in the now because players get better. Players have more support around them and they're able to, to better succeed in those situations. So when you look at this game, you know, if you see a player that maybe last season you, you saw enough of and you weren't all that impressed, you have to judge a player in the now and the current situation. So that will be the challenge, not only the coaching staff, but for the fans who, as we've said, Got to temper those those expectations, of course. This is a spring uh, scrimmage, a spring game, and obviously this is a program still on the rebuild. So uh, certainly go into the game with some enthusiasm, but also know that it's still a work and progress as we watch this Scarlet Knights team take on each other on Friday night. Uh, apart from the quarterback position, Chris, uh, maybe on the defensive side, what are some things that fans should be looking out for? Yeah, well, I mean, the defensive line um, probably is the deepest position group on this team. I mean, guys like, you know, Aaron Lewis and, and Keontae Hamilton have really, really made some big strides, you know, earlier in their careers. Um, you have got returning guys like Efine Maijay and, and Maya Nahana, too. You know, Maya's been a great leader for that unit. He's really stepped up, you know, after transferring into the program a couple of years ago. Um, but Marquise Watson, obviously, we, we heard him, you know, a few weeks ago on this show and He's got a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of energy. He's, he's really made a big deal to kind of get those guys close and, and have a, a strong bond in that unit. 
Um, so that's a deep group, and I'm really interested to see how they play. And then, you know, the, the one thing that, um, you know, is going to be very interesting is this linebacker situation. You know, the, the, there was a lot of turnover. They lost a ton of experience with guys like, you know, Fadakasi and Tyreek Maddox-Williams and Tyshawn Fogg and Drew Singleton all leaving after last season. Um, there was a lot of turnover there. And, and you have a guy like Tyreen Powell, obviously, who certainly has, has played well given his opportunities. Um, but who, who's going to be there with him and, and how, what's the depth there? And, and, you know, right now it's, it's, it's not as deep, I think, as Rutgers would want it to be for a variety of situations. And we'll hear about that in a bit. Um, but, you know, certainly um, that's, that's something that I'm really going to be interested to see is, is who, who do they use there and, and who's in the mix for those roles? Because I think that's something that's going to be a big topic uh, heading into the summer and into camp. Absolutely. And, you know, keep in mind, fans, for that defensive line, they won't be able to sack the quarterback Friday night, but we'll have to see what kind of pressure uh, they're able to put on the quarterbacks and how well they do against the run, because that is so important in this conference with some of the offenses that Rutgers will be taking on uh, in the fall. We mentioned the linebacker position and just kind of the situation there. Here's what Greg Schiano had to say. Well, the room is definitely thin and, um, you know, Mo Teray got hurt. What was it? Thursday. We're not exactly sure what, you know, if he's going to be, what the extent of it's going to be yet. There's some differing opinions medically, so we're going to we're going to continue to work it up, and um, you know, but it could be really lean here in a in a, in a short bit. So, but you know, that's part of football. We it's a violent game. Uh, it's the best game in the world, but it's a violent game, and things happen, and you have to be ready to just move on. And uh, you, sometimes you have to move positions. Sometimes you have to, you know, with the transfer portal now being available, we may have to do that. I mean, it is it is what being a, a college football program, that's what you do. Audio there from Rutgers. So the, the glass half empty approach, obviously some, some issues at the linebacker position. The glass half full approach, it's still the spring. This is the time to tinker. This is the time to, to experiment and see what your depth looks like and give some guys further down the depth chart uh, an opportunity to prove themselves, but uh, a, certainly a situation to keep an eye on at the linebacker position. Yeah, and, and it's amazing that, you know, Rutgers has suffered two significant injuries, you know, and, and Moses Walker, the incoming, the freshman linebacker, highly tattered recruit, highest rated recruit in New York for 2022 out of Erasmus Hall in Brooklyn, uh, tears his ACL during practice, and he's out for likely out for the season, according to Greg Schiano. Um, you know, he had a real chance there. And then obviously now, you know, Muhammad Ture, we don't know, as, as Schiano was saying there, uh, what the you know significance of that injury is and how long he'll be out for. Um you know, there hasn't been an update since he, he Trey's kind of been in that hybrid linebacker defensive end type of role. Um, but certainly he provided depth at linebacker and, and now, you know, he, and he was, he led the team in sacks the last few years. I mean, it, it's, it's a, it's a really tough blow if he's out for an extended period of time, but as you were saying, and as Shiano was saying there, it's an opportunity now for some of these young guys to step up and it has to be that way. And, you know, listen, I, as I said earlier, you know, the transfer portal is always an option, and that's something that's going to heat up after the spring, just all across college football. That's just the way it goes. Um, I'll be very interested to see if, if they do, you know, turn to the portal. And I think, you know, maybe the game, the spring game will kind of give them some idea whether or not they have guys in the program who can handle that or if they have to go external and bring somebody in. Um, they kind of use the portal as, as need, you know, to fill holes that they need. It's not necessarily so much bringing in a guy that – a young player that you're going to develop that they still place that into, you know, bringing in high school recruits. So they, they use it, you know, Rutgers has used it in the past as, as filling positions of need. We obviously see that with what they do in the old line and there's a chance 
that they're going to need a linebacker with some experience and, and who can produce. So, you know, that's that's going to be something very interesting to watch. It's, it's a tough situation for Rutgers if, if Ture is out for an extended period of time, especially after what happened to Walker, as I said. So, you know, that's, that's a tough blow. Yeah, it's tough, you know, as we get towards the end of the spring here to have uh, two pretty key injuries after being relatively injury-free uh, for the first few weeks of the spring. And that's the thing, too. I mean, every single coach prays going into spring and then coming and going into the spring game, just get through it healthy, at least as healthy as possible. Injuries are going to happen. That's it's unavoidable. But just get through it as healthy as possible and – Hope that if you do suffer any injuries, they're not too significant. So obviously, you know, Rutgers, at least we know one is, is very significant and we'll, we'll find out what the other one is. But yeah, just, you know, Rutgers is just hoping to come, come through this game as healthy as possible. Absolutely. And, you know, as we get towards uh, the end of our episode here, Chris, we're going to listen now to a quote from Greg Schiano, just kind of summing up spring and, and what he's seen from the players. No, it, it really is always about incremental improvement. Um, springtime is a little different because you go a day and then you're off a day and then you go a day. So it's a little harder now and they're still training, right? So they're lifting and they're, they're training through the event, which is the practices themselves because we have to keep our eye on the prize, which is the season. So, um, you know, JB gets them on the off days and they meet a little bit on the off days. So, uh, spring's a crowded time for them, but I think this crew has done a really good job of embracing the, uh, the grind. So spring, of course, you know, as you heard there from the coach, uh, a little bit different than, than, you know, maybe what the guys are used to once the season gets underway and the normal schedule of the fall football season. But uh, Greg Schiano certainly sounds pleased with what he's seen this year. So in our normal episodes during the fall, which, by the way, we're going to do another episode next week, just wrapping up the spring game. And then we'll have well, a couple months break, I guess we might check in uh, now and then based on recruiting and, and any news that might happen. But when we do our fall episodes, this is usually the point in the show where we do predictions. And Chris, I'm not going to ask you to predict scarlet or white for Friday night, but maybe just some predictions for what you can expect to see on the field Friday. I think a lot of I mean, this is going to sound so cliche and, and almost like coach speak, but I just think it's true given the way this program is. I think that there's going to be a lot of competition. I think there's going to be competitiveness, I guess I should say, a lot of high energy. Um, I Because I, I, that's kind of been a big theme throughout spring practices, and I think that that's what you're going to see. And I think that you're going to see the quarterbacks overall, you know, be a little bit up and down um, because of, you know, just everything. I mean, the, the situation that they're in and, and kind of, you know, trying to – you know, play behind an offensive line. It's still trying to gel depending on who's there in those roles. So I think that there's going to be some, you know, inconsistency at times, but otherwise I, I do think that it's going to be a lot of high energy competitiveness. Um, and I think that if you're, if you are a Rutgers fan, I think at this point, that's, that's really, you know, all you can ask for. Yeah. And I think if you're a fan, you just hope to see, you know, a nice, crisp, clean game. Uh, you know, some of the the smaller mistakes that are easy to fix. You hope to, to not see any of those, just a really crisp practice that you hope to see from the team. And I think the case with any preseason, if you go through any sport, there's always kind of a star of the preseason. And I think my prediction, a guy a little bit further down the depth chart, maybe a name that we haven't mentioned on this podcast, makes a big play that everyone's talking about Saturday, a pick six, a punt return, a long touchdown run, something like that. Like Isaiah Washington's one-handed catch last year? Yeah, exactly. Those Just types like of things. Or, you know, the double-A player that hits like five home runs in the spring and everyone's like crazy about. We're, we'll have a moment like that, I think, uh, on Friday night. And it will certainly be fun to watch and it will certainly be uh, a great experience for the fans to be able to see what the team this year might look like. And as I keep saying, what the team beyond this year might look like in this spring game. 
So as we wrap up here, Chris, uh, obviously you're going to be busy the next couple days uh, getting ready for this game. Be sure to follow Chris on Twitter. Uh, read all of his Rutgers reporting on NorthJersey.com and APP.com. Uh, Chris, as we wrap up too, something you posted today that fans might be interested in. Yeah, I mean, I uh, had that opportunity, a real uh, one that I, I was really appreciative of, to sit down with uh, Timmy Ward, who's a, a walk-on wide receiver from Pennsylvania. Um, and just an incredible story to where he's got to, uh, to where he is now uh, after his junior season. He had an incredible junior season in high school. And um, after that year, but he never felt quite right all year. He had a swollen lymph node under his arm. And, um, you know, he said his vision was blurry at times. But just, I mean, look at it. His numbers are, are ridiculous that year. 84 tackles as a, as a defensive back. He had 645 yards as a wide receiver on the other side of the ball. I mean, just an incredible year. And to know what he was going through that entire time and making that type of production is pretty remarkable. After the season, he ends up being diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, um, chemotherapy treatments for three months, ravaged his body, uh, ends up working his way back. He was going to play the 2020 season in high school and, and the first scrimmage before the first game, he tears his ACL. And it was just a brutal, brutal injury. And then he ends up uh, having an opportunity to come to Rutgers as an equipment manager with the potential and, and the chance to try out. And he tried out, and he was one of uh, you know, three players that made the team from that tryout. And he's he's there now, and and having the opportunity to to help Rutgers as a player now. So it's a pretty inspirational story, and I think Rutgers fans will enjoy it. Absolutely, that's that's just a, an incredible story there, and and just another angle of this this spring game, this spring practice that gives fans something to really have some pride in uh, for their program to be able to to see stories like this unfold right before their eyes Friday night. Uh, certainly very inspirational and great stuff there from you, Chris. But uh, we're looking forward to Friday. It's going to be a fun night. Uh, it's going to be a nice glimpse into the the crystal ball of the Scarlet Knights to see what they have coming down the line. And of course, we will be back next week to break it all down. We will have our recap of the spring game and we'll send ourselves into the remainder of the offseason, getting ready for fall Boston College just around the corner for this Scarlet Knights team. We can't wait to talk about that. Again, be sure to follow Chris on NorthJersey.com, APP.com. He'll be plenty busy getting you ready for the spring game and, of course, recapping everything after the game is over. Thank you so much for listening to The Chop, our spring edition, episode six. We'll be back next week to recap the spring game. For Chris Eisman, I'm Ryan Ross. Thanks for listening.